0: Today's feast is called Christ the King. It brings the season we normally call ordinary time to an end, because believe it or not, next Sunday is the first Sunday of Advent, in which the focus is not on the celebrating the first coming of Jesus in time, but rather his second coming to bring time and history to an end. And so it is fitting that our gospel reading today reminds us that Jesus is coming not only as our Lord, not only as a loving Savior, but also as our judge. No one, whatever his religion or non-religion, will escape the Lord's judgment. Now I know this makes a lot of people uncomfortable, and it really shouldn't as long as we remember a simple, an essential truth. When we are graced to serve another in Christ, it is Christ we serve. And when we refuse the grace to serve another, we refuse to serve Christ. And one might be tempted to ask, well, if upon death one has already been judged, why is that person subjected to a another judgment. By tradition, the church calls the soul's first encounter with Christ the particular judgment. The second judgment, which tradition calls the general judgment, does not alter the first. That is, if upon death one was judged worthy of eternal life, that judgment remains. If one was in need of purification, that judgment remains until the purification is completed and that person is brought into heaven. Purification is not a permanent state. It is only temporary. If one was judged to be eternally damned, that judgment remains. But this second, this general judgment, must be done in the presence of all humanity so that all will witness the justice of God. Christians, I think, are frequently guilty of focusing so much on God's mercy They forget that with God, there is no such thing as mercy without justice. Now, I was raised in a church that believed in the illusion of cheap grace, and thank God we're not one of those churches. We are wonderfully, radically free creatures made in the image of God, and therefore, we are wonderfully and radically responsible for the choices that we make in this life and their consequences. From the Lord's perspective, it is imperative that all those who die before his second coming and those who are going to be alive at his second coming, and may it happen to this evening, see justice and mercy working together as the eternal destiny of every human being is publicly manifested. Now notice some of the language used by Jesus in today's gospel. Unlike gospel texts used for the last few weeks, Jesus no longer uses the phrase such as, the kingdom of heaven shall be like. Now he tells us what's going to happen He says he is coming in his glory, meaning the glory he has eternally shared with the Father, a glory he gave a glimpse of to Peter, James, and John in the mystery of the transfiguration. He tells us he will sit on his glorious throne. This is important from the Hebrew mindset. Being seated means there are no more choices. In other words, the time for prayer, the time for petition, the time for repentance has come to an end. And being seated also means the Lord's judgment is final. There is no court of second appeal. And his judgments will be witnessed even by angels who have served man. Humanity shall be separated, says Jesus, into two groups, those on his right And those on his left. Why just two? There are only two eternal destinies for the human person. Heaven or hell. There follows two remarkable dialogues. With both groups, the Lord speaks of being fed when hungry. Or not. Given something to drink when he was thirsty. Or not. Being welcomed when he was a stranger, or not. Being clothed when he was naked, or not. Being cared for when he was sick, or not. And being visited when he was in prison, or not. Both groups are shocked and they ask when they ever saw him in such dire circumstances. To the saved, the ones who were like the five wise virgins Jesus spoke of in the gospel two weeks ago, who were prepared for his arrival, or the servants who used their talents wisely, as we heard in last week's gospel, Jesus will say, Amen, I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. To the damned, those who chose not to be prepared, those who wasted their talents, he will say, Amen. I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. It is very important to understand that nowhere in the Bible does Jesus say one's salvation or one's damnation is based solely on believing in him. Faith is not the issue. Rather, it is the grace of faith that is expressed in the works that faith inspires one to do. That is the issue. Jesus is recorded in the Gospel. Saint John is saying in chapter five, verse 28, for the hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. In the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verse 12, Saint John was graced to see what happens at the end of time, and he tells us, and I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Also another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books, by what they had done. St. James instructs the church in his letter, chapter 2, verse 17. So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Faith alone does not save. I was raised in a church that taught that. I believed it for decades until I really started reading the Bible. Faith alone does not save. Nowhere in the Bible does it ever say that. In fact, the only time that the faith alone is ever used together is in the book of James, and it's always in the negative, not positive. The grace of faith accepted, and faith is always primary, the grace of faith accepted and expressed in the works of mercy one is grace to do in this life, that's what saves. For in accepting the grace to do the works of faith, One is saying yes to extending the ministry of Jesus to others, the very reason he established his church. The failure, the refusal, or I think in most cases, the habitual neglect of doing the works of faith is ultimately a rejection of the grace of faith, a rejection of extending the ministry of Jesus to others, A rejection of the mission of the church he personally established. There are only two eternal destinies for the human person. Eternal life, eternal damnation. Our choices to serve Christ in others or not serve him in others will determine which destiny we chose for. And let us not make any mistake, our salvation or our damnation lies in the palm of our own hand. It's our responsibility.